Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Baird. I'm Katie. I'm Jill. And today we're going to talk about the newest of the musical TV shows, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I, Jill has like fully not seen the last two episodes of season two or of season one. I haven't seen any of the episodes of season two. So that's where we are. But... (laughs) But we're just going to, like, chill, talk about it, talk about what we like about it and the premise of it. It's fine. It's a fine, it's a good show. It's an enjoyable thing to watch. Yeah. So it, it's it's about Zoe, who is going, did you say go figure? <laughs> I can't hear that phrase without thinking of that, like, 2009 DCOM about, um, ice hockey <laughs> about the figure skater who be- like joins the ice hockey team Trachtenberg. <laughs> no michelle trachtenberg no. is not in that show michelle trachtenberg is the um ice princess ice- thank you my bad no, go something? figure i don't know it was a decom i couldn't some blonde girl that that narrows it down so um so it's a sh- so anyway, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a, is a show about a girl named Zoe who starts to have some, like, head troubles. She ends up inside of an MRI machine, and then something happens, and then all of a sudden she can hear all of... Happened. Oh, did, was it an earthquake? No, I, at the, I'm not even kidding. At the, I'm so used to earthquakes, I don't even register them on TV. <laughs> not that they happen ever. I mean, they do it's happen. things. They do happen every single day. Um, not, we don't feel all of them, but I, I truly don't. Anyway, so she's also working. So she, she's in this MRI machine. Apparently an earthquake happens. And then she can start to hear people's heart songs, which is so cute because she hears people like, because what I think is so interesting about this and what, like, other shows didn't really do, um, at least not, like, Glee or Smash, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend kind of did it in the fact that it's, like, Crazy it's Ex-Girlfriend, well, no, what I'm saying is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in really, like, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is in musical theater, you, you start a song when words aren't enough. That way you add music to it. But that doesn't happen. So that works for the realm of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You can break out into a song on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Whereas Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is more based in like real life. So you don't just burst into song in real life when you're feeling a bunch of emotions. Or maybe you do. I don't know you. But most people don't. And so she can see. I do. That Zoe can see when that switch is flipped in other people. Yeah. And I think that is very interesting and in a take that no one had really done before, aside from in like the traditional sense, like Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yeah. So. Because, well, what I was thinking is like Smash kind of does it, because I've just been rewatching Smash recently. So this is just fresh in my mind. But like, there are scenes where like Ivy um like she'll be going through something and her character will kind of get sucked into like a dream sequence where she's literally performing a song 
or like singing something to the person without them knowing that she's singing it to them so it's like very similar in what I was thinking but I get what you're saying yeah um because and what I think is interesting about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is that they show her as like she wants this to stop she's like something's wrong with me like this just amplified things and I do not like it but it ends up being her only connection that she has left with her dad because her father is is sick and he's at a point where he's immobile and so you know hearing his heart songs is how she communicates with him and I think that's very beautiful and then so you see that's something that she's going through over the course of the first season is her relationship with her dad her relationship with her mom her brother her sister-in-law meanwhile she's like oh my god I think I love two guys also Lauren Graham plays her boss and I love Lauren Graham because Lorelai Gilmore hold on wait is someone vacuuming in your house no someone's using a fucking uh (sighs) guys okay for some reason, the house across the street loves to do their yard work every single day at all hours of the day. I do not know why. Let me close the window. But yeah, so it it ends up being more than just, she has a very complicated and full life because at the same time, she's going up for a promotion at work and she's one of the only women at her, her company. So, which... I don't even know, really know what they're trying to build. They're trying to build some like app or some device or something, but then like halfway through the season, it switches to something else. And I'm like, okay, sure. All of it's very confusing to me. I don't understand tech shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really know what you're trying to build. And then like halfway through, they like switch to building something else. And I'm just like, okay, sure. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, but then she finally tells her uh, across the hallway neighbor, Mo, about it, played by Alex Newell. And I yes. think I think the fact that they let Alex Newell be Alex Newell on the show is so great. On Wikipedia, it says Newell identifies as a gender nonconforming man. And in May 2020, he said said he relates to his character Mo in Zoe's extraordinary playlist who is gender fluid. He goes by all pronouns. Yeah. Okay. Okay, just covering our bases. Yeah. Um, you don't want to say, like, something horrible and, like, completely fuck up someone's life. Yeah, because things can wanna, things like, can change. Our right. information can be outdated. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very... In, like, okay, apparently it says he identifies with his character of Mo. I'm like, I legit thought Mo would have been based on him. No, literally. I, like, written for <laughs> him is what I was assuming. Yeah. Um... And so Mo is trying to help Zoe figure all of it out, mm. trying to figure out well what initiates so that she can control it. The time, the timing on Zoe's attorney playlist is weird because it's like they're about to burst out into a heart song and yet immediately pick back up from where they were, as if like two minutes hadn't just passed. But Zoe's ex- is ex- experiencing those two minutes. It's weird. Yeah, but it was nice to see. Like- Remind, that reminds me a lot of like this has nothing to do musical theater or anything but in you have you seen the videos that are like if you cut out joe's like inner dialogue in you 
and they and it's like a really weird 45 seconds of just silence between two people <laughs> like, oh i've also moment. never seen you oh my god so like in the show like there's so many times where like he'll just be staring at a woman and he'll just like like within like two feet of her just like staring at her and he says all these things in his head and you're like this is really creepy because he's a creep like he's a crazy person and then like this video I saw is like all the times that he did it and then just like cutting out his inner dialogue. And so it was literally like at one point, I think there was a scene where it was like two minutes of genuine silence between two people who were having a conversation. Like, it's like the weirdest thing on the planet. Anyways, that's just what it reminds me of. <laughs> Continue. That's weird. Yeah. But also like- But it tracks yeah. the show, it makes sense. <laughs> Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It's, I'm very excited to see what they do with season two because season one was, it felt so complete. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was definitely like how all shows have is like a love triangle. Will she go with, is his name Simon? I want to say it is because that name seems. Or, is, or am I just mixing him up and the guy from Bridgerton? Oh, Okay. I want to say it's Simon. One moment. Simon and Simon's dating some. Tell me. Tell me it's Simon. Pulling up the Wikipedia. Give me one moment. <sighs> Let's see. Shane Levy is Zoe Clark. Skylar Aston is Max. Alex Newell is Mo. John Clarence Stewart as Simon. <laughs> Sick. Simon's my favorite. I'm going to say that right now. I love Simon. I adore him with every ounce of my being. He was my favorite when I was watching this show. And then he's got a girlfriend during it. And yeah. what, but correct me if I'm wrong, was this girlfriend the, was she on that show, Jane by Design? I think so. She's been in, I think she's been in a couple other things too, because I remember seeing her and I think she was in Smash at one point. India de Beaufort? Hold on. I, feel like she was in no she wasn't in smash i was i miss getting her confused with someone who doesn't look anything like her that was weird um <laughs> uh, she's so beautiful though yeah she was on jane jane by design okay yeah maybe that is what i'm thinking of then i don't know you know that one that one abc family show from 2012 <laughs> we all remember jane by design don't we it's so good that and Bunheads, are you kidding me? I don't like Jane Bunheads. by Design. I love Bunheads. <laughs> Jane by Design essentially was just True Jackson VP, but like for free form or for ABC Family. I don't remember what it was that was uh, at that time. It was, it was True Jackson VP with adults. <laughs> yeah. It's like she's a teenager, but she's going to work for a fashion, yes. fashion company, um, does magazine, love, who knows? Love it. Anyways, so, but yeah, so I love Simon in the show, and I love, and, like, his fiance even, I love her, like, I don't ever genuinely want them to break up, because I think, I don't think that they work together, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want malicious things to happen to either of these people, because I think they're so incredible, and then, like, he's going through some shit, too, he's also having dad issues, because his father recently passed away via suicide and he's dealing with that whole situation and zoe's like the only person that kind of gets what he's going through because her father is in the middle of dying 
Right. And like, my thing is, is with her and Simon, yes, he is in a relationship, but like at first that there, him and Zoe didn't start out as like this whole like romantic thing. It was just two people who were going through similar situations kind of venting with each other it was almost like a therapy thing he heard or she heard his heart song which was him like lamenting his father's death yeah and so she was like I. but she thought that it was about him yeah and right yeah and so she wanted to reach out and help him and make sure like he was okay and then it grew into this friendship and they started to have feelings for, for each other. Neither of them went into this wanting him to cheat on his fiance. That's not, and I think that that's why I was so like, not comfortable with them, <laughs> but like, cause I don't condone cheating. I've been cheated on. It's the worst thing on the planet. But like, I was so okay with him and his fiance ending up not together. And I wanted him and Zoe together because they just worked well. Whereas like his fiance couldn't be there for him the way that she needed to be. And she knew that. Like she was very aware of it all. And I think that that was really important. Yeah, I think. Okay, because and then the other person in this like love triangle was Max played by Skylar Aston. And I think part of me was like, okay, I really love either the enemies to lovers trope, but I also love the best friends to lovers trope. Yeah. And he clearly is like in love with her. And oh my God. and so she hears his and she's like I can't lose my friend. Mm. But then like as the season goes on, you know, her feelings for him start to develop more. And I think in my head the reason I want I wanted the character of Max played by Skylar Aston to succeed is because um Skylar Aston as Greg didn't on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> Very valid. I get that. And I'm like, I just want Skylar Aston to win. <laughs> I, I mean, they I do. Like, I've loved him since Spring Awakening. <laughs> and like, my thing with these characters is like, I don't think that I was ever like on anyone's side. I just wanted all of them to be happy because like these are characters that I don't think were written to be bad people. None of them do genuinely horrible things. None of them say anything that they shouldn't be saying. None of them, I mean, they do bad things, but they never like, they're not bad people. They make mistakes, but they're not bad human beings. And I love that because there's so often when you have like a love triangle, there's obviously one person who that person could never be with because they're just a terrible person. But like in this case, that's not the, that's not the case. And it stresses me out because I want her to be with both of them, but that, that's not what she wants. So (laughs) I can't, they can't do it. Yeah. Agreed. I think like the only person we're supposed to see as a relationship with these three people. (laughs) I think the only person we're supposed to see as like a bad person and maybe even not even like a bad person is Joan played by Lauren Graham's ex-husband or husband, husband, ex-husband. I don't remember. Uh, Charlie played by Justin Kirk, AKA Andy from weeds. And um, that was interesting. Loved him. Also, I was a huge fan of weeds. So, <laughs> I like seeing him in it. I don't know much about. I watched. I watched it because, God, I watched it for the dumbest reason, and it does relate to the show. Oh my god! And how we've talked about watching entire uh, 
shows just for like a Broadway person. And it's because, and it's because Hunter Parrish played Silas Botwin and Hunter Parrish at the time I was watching it was Jesus in Godspell. (laughs) So that's why I watched it because Tumblr was like kind of obsessed with him as Jesus. And so I said, I will be too. Let me watch weed. And so that's how I got into it. And then I was just kind of like obsessed with it. That's fair. And also the fact that the boy who plays Shane on that show uh, voiced Nemo in Fighting Nemo. I found very interesting. Interesting. Especially, especially that whole character, Shane's, Shane's character arc, oof, not a good one. (laughs) As in like, he does some shit. (laughs) By the end of the episode, he's, by the end of the series, he's kind of a dirtbag. Um, but but yeah so i think that like charlie is the only character we're supposed to see as like a bad person but also there's like insane guest stars on this show like just looking at it now it says that renaley's goldsbury was on the show mm-hmm. and bernadette she peters and um, Lauren Graham's um, duet that they did, which no offense, but Renee like kind of blew Lauren Graham out of the water. But well, of course. Well, but like, oh, it was so good. Like, I I love Renee Lee Schoolsbury. I think she's just like the best. So I loved her in this. She was so so good in the show. Um, who else was there? Um, Bernadette Peters was Bernadette, in Bernadette one of the Bernadette final episodes. Role was so good it was so good it was so like it made me weep like that episode made me cry anyways it's such a hard episode to get through but her role in that episode was so good like, yeah was- i just it's because it, she's talking about grief and she's talking about you know what it's like to visit somebody in a cemetery and so she's like explaining to also mary steenburgen plays zoe's mom like can we talk about how much i love mary steenburgen um also mary steenburgen married to ted danson a while ago there was a like i want to say like a zoe's extraordinary playlist like reunion of sorts and i love watching when reunions are done over zoom as to like what people's like names are on there and hers just said like ted danson ipad (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite thing on the planet i love that i love when it has like their spouse's there's name thing, there's another thing where that happened recently and it made me laugh so hard i know i can't remember what it was i remember during like when bandstand was available for um for like i don't remember when it was over playbill's thing yeah yeah playbill yeah, had it with two different shows and then stopped doing um when they did that, they had like the they had like a kind of reunion thing afterwards, and hers definitely said like Nathan Johnson on it. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. I think that made me want to thank you. I think it's so oh, funny. Another thing that happened recently was um, someone in one of my theater classes this semester still had theirs as like something from like a Shakespeare play that we did a few weeks ago over Zoom. Um, it was still like their character name, <laughs> and my professor was like. Can you change it back? I can't, for the life of me, focus on anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't do it. I can't handle it. 
I just think Mary Steenburgen is so like classy. I feel like if she were to hug me, everything would be fine. She exudes like mom energy. She does. Like she But like classic mom energy, not like fun mom energy, like um like Kristen Bell exudes. Yeah. Or Maya Rudolph. She's very much like, oh, if you were to I don't know, get arrested. I'm thinking like the worst case scenario. If you were to get arrested, she wouldn't yell at you until the next day. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't kick you while you're down. She'd wait a little bit and then come and like scream. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then Peter Gallagher plays Zoe's dad. And we love Peter Gallagher. Um, I'm thinking about Peter Gallagher. I love him so much. And Peter Gallagher, his daughter is nominated for a Tony. Hey, Catherine Gallagher. We love Catherine Gallagher. She was so good in Jagged Little Pill. Really? I want to see it. I do really want to see it. I wasn't sure if I would like it at first, but like, I want to see it at least. I don't think it'll be my thing, but I do want to see it for sure. It's the... Next time I get to New York, I'm seeing everything. I don't care. (laughs) Like, I'm just... Jagged Little Pill was the last Broadway show I saw. The last Broadway show I saw was Moulin Rouge in August of 2015. I saw Jack a Little Pill January 2020. You see what's happening with my hair right now? This is how I feel about how Moulin Rouge, how long ago I saw Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I, was ta- I was talking to my mom yesterday about Moulin Rouge and I'm like, when when we, when we can finally see like Moulin Rouge together, and I know we've talked about it before, but when she, she like coughs into like the the handkerchief everyone in that audience is gonna be like it's gonna just like trigger a lot of people including people in that cast yeah pretty much like I was talking about this with my friend I know we've talked about it on here so I'm not gonna talk about it forever but like I've talked about it with my friend and I'm like I'm stressed to see Moulin Rouge again I'm gonna see it again obviously it's like my favorite at the moment on Broadway and just because I haven't seen Company yet but like (laughs) Company is my favorite musical ever, so that's a whole other thing. But I'm gonna see it again. But just the thought of it like makes me like shudder. Like I'm like terrified of it. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. But back to Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Alice Lee plays her sister-in-law, and Alice Lee, people may remember, she was I don't know one of the Heather's and Heather's. She was the green one. The green one. I don't know any of it. I also don't know Heather's. Whenever I listen to like I, songs from Heather's, that's Yeah, I mean, people love, 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 love Heather's. Heather's is a cult thing. I know, and people were very much like, "It needs to go to Broadway," and I'm like, "It's probably oh best God. that it stayed off Broadway." You know what's really funny? Alice Lee was in Smash. She was in, like, she's bombshell fan number one, so she's one of the people that stays for in season two. That's you know what's weird? A weird, like, anecdote I have is one time she was doing some, like, workshop or reading or something of some musical. I assume it's a musical. She was in what? There, the musical. When? Um, she was Diane in 2013 at New World Stages. Was that the one with Taylor Trench? I think so. Interesting. I get there really like mixed up with a lot of like I 
there's also two versions of bear and ha- and they're pretty much the same except yeah. one like changed weird lyrics and was like fragile as a paper cup and it just kept singing that bear the musical is the new version of bear a pop opera okay that's okay the- bear a pop opera is far superior yeah that's the one that i've seen a bootleg of <laughs> um i don't think i've, I've seen, seen a bootleg of both i don't think i've seen the bootleg of bear the musical i have one i just don't think i've watched it um yeah have you seen taylor trench and barrett wilbert reed and yeah there's a version i don't know if it's still on youtube and i don't know if it was like legit or not for it to be there like i don't know if it was legal for it to be there but there was a production of not legal well i don't know if it's a bootleg or not but it was (laughs) or it was um an la production of bear and it had um jonah platt Katie oh, Stevens. Yeah. Who else is in that? Jonah Platt, Katie Stevens, Lindsay Pierce. Um, I don't remember who played Peter, but, oh, yes, it, mm, I don't remember his name, but I know who it is. He's the guy who got. What does he look like? I truly, he's like white blonde shorter he was one of like the red trolley boys um at disney at california adventure the thing is it's very much like a like a la theater kind of deal where it's like oh that person then he was also in um he was also in mama mia at the hollywood bowl i do not remember his name um nope he was ensemble that's helpful um but uh Oh, let me, I have to find this now. I'm going to figure, I'll, I'm looking it up. They're Los Angeles. Payson Lewis. Payson Lewis. How do you spell his first name? P-A-Y-S-O-N. He just sounds familiar. I know this face. I know this man. I know him. Where do I know him from? I don't know. He was in- I'm like 90% sure he was like a red trolley boy at Disneyland and then he was a performer on a track from victorious that's on his imdb so good for him sick <laughs> nothing exists on his instagram prior to i'm just looking at his 2015 website. i know on his website okay Payson lewis <laughs> red trolley boys okay we're gonna do uh, this out later because I don't have a bed. It's nine o'clock. Anyway. Um, but I don't remember what I was talking about. I was talking about Alice Lee. Oh, Heather's Heather's brought us to Bear and Bear brought us to figuring all this out. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, I have a weird like anecdote about Alice Lee where like I was one time like walking across the street and I looked over and she was also there because she was um doing like a reading or a workshop of, or something at the place that I was interning at like in their rehearsal room weird who else is in this cast Andrew Leeds plays her brother and Andrew Leeds for anybody who watched the tv show Bones he was <laughs> he was one of like the major villains of the show one of the like recurring villains on the show I very interesting Bones. my whole family would watch Bones when I was a kid um, when I would get home from dance and I was trying to eat my dinner at like nine o'clock at night while Bones was on, 
I was like 10 years old. Thursday nights at nine. I would vomit. Like it would make me so nauseous. I would get so mad. And they're like, well, then go eat it in the other room. And I'm like, alone? No, I don't think so. I just wanted to be around people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's a extraordinary playlist. I think the cast isn't great. I think. One thing I brought up when we were talking about, sorry, I'm eating chocolate because I'm a psychopath. Um, one thing I brought up when we were like introducing us doing this on our um, podcast where we're talking about different shows is the dancing and how they incorporated it into this show. Because I love it. Because it's not like other musical shows where it's very musical theater dancing, it's very jazz or musical theater or tap. Like it's not just like the main three types of dance that you associate with like musical theater-esque things. You have contemporary, you have like contemporary lyrical, you have um, more hip hop, you have jazz, you have like everything. You have ballroom dance, you have like literally everything. And it all matches with like the song yeah like I talked about in the past episode I talked about um Simon and his fiance their big like duet that they had where their relationship was falling apart and they're doing an amazing lyrical number in their kitchen and it's like like I couldn't like I had to stop watching it for a second because I couldn't process it because it was so good and I had never seen something like this done before on television and I was so like in awe of it because it's rare that lyrical is really incorporated in anything anyways or like lyrical and contemporary is never really incorporated in mainstream ways like this and so the way like I like I can't even it made me genuinely speechless to like watch it because it was so well done and it was just so beautiful and so like gut-wrenching and it was just so good like I I love it I just want to watch it all day long it's so good I think going back to what I was saying earlier about how the heart song is how it incorporates into how in traditional musical theater the song will start when words aren't enough I think it also is so important to like mention that all of these characters or a lot of these characters are going through incredibly insane stuff where words aren't enough you know the passing of fathers um new like relationships how you feel about one person or the other not feeling understood feeling like you need to hide yourself in certain situations sometimes words aren't enough and therefore your heart song your music your your inner thoughts would would really expand on these and I think it's beautifully done and while several episodes of season two have aired I have not watched any of them and I keep meaning to but I'm just so nervous to start it because it it did end so heartbreakingly like beautifully that and I Ugh, I'm nervous. I haven't, watched, I haven't watched the last two episodes of season one because I know what happened and I'm afraid of it. And <laughs> I can't handle it. Like, I'm crying thinking about like I can't handle anything happening to Peter Gallagher. Like, it My gosh. hurts me to think about because I just love him. I think he's just the greatest ever. He's so good. Did you watch The O.C.? No, I just... Or what it. do you love him from? Everything. 
<laughs> Everything I've seen, and I can't even think about it. I don't know. Just... Like it's, as a person, I just love him. I think he's great. Oh my gosh. Mostly, <sighs> mostly SVU. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's in a lot. He's in like three or four seasons, and I just. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Is there any Broadway news we should talk about? I feel like there is. Well, I remember. Well, do we really, do we really need to talk about Cuomo's bullshit Broadway shit that's happening? Because it pisses me off to even think about. So, I just in all these A-list actors who are doing really well in their lives and have plenty of money to do a gig that they're getting paid for and probably not giving the money to anybody instead of having Broadway performers perform. Wait, explain what's happening because for anybody who may not know. Let me pull up a thing because I'm going to start talking about it. It's going to make me mad. So I need to have a script in front of me. I want to talk about how bullshit the Super Bowl is. Um, How- let's talk about it. Let's- 25,000 people were allowed to gather. Yes, they were socially distanced. That's not what matters. The fact that 20. yeah people the thing is a lot of people are talking about how like oh if that can happen then broadway can happen no neither should be happening yeah it is not safe for either to be happening well here's my here's what i was saying about it because i've been talking about this with a lot of people (laughs) like i've had like eight or nine open dms with just random people that i've been talking about this with and what bothers me is i've been saying stuff like that but like i agree neither should be happening but my thing is is 25,000 people can go in a stadium and watch something that they can watch on television, but we can't sit and have theater in any capacity, apparently, um, because it's unsafe for us to have any sort of theater. But like some men can go and like tackle each other on a field and then 25,000 people can watch it in a stadium when they can just watch it at home. And then they're like, oh, well, we had vaccinated healthcare. Yeah, 7,500. Not even half, like a quarter of your people. Yep. You just you just wanted to make money. Yep. And it's so disgusting. It is. I just I and then the fact that there are people who flew to Tampa just to be where it's happening, and party at bar. I mean, it's Florida. Like, can we cut Florida off yet? There was a tweet. Um, my best friend who lives in Tampa. Sorry, I I always say, like, let's just cut Florida off. Well, aren't they now considering, like, travel restrictions to and from Florida? I don't know. But what I was going to say is there's a tweet that I saw because my friend quoted it. And it was like, if your girl's in Tampa right now, cut her off. Or, like, something, like, if you see a girl in Tampa, I don't know, something like that. And she quoted it. And she said, I'm in Tampa every day. I live here. (laughs) And it made me laugh because she hates it there, too. Like, she hates Florida. There is a proposed travel ban. Ban. There is a proposed travel ban to and from Florida right now, but of course, Governor DeSantis thinks it's for diseases anyway. Anybody who decides to go to Florida, I know he is. Um. So wait. So what's happening with with Cuomo? Cuomo. He's hot, yes, but he's kind of an idiot. So he's not hot shut your mouth um, chris cuomo is they look the same <laughs> chris cuomo <laughs> face for tv okay um so he said 
he's talking about how there is hope that New York could allow Broadway alongside other entertainment venues to reopen with some limitations, though he hasn't said like a timeline or anything. So he says, this is quoted, would I go see a play and send a playhouse with 150 people? If the 150 people were tested and they were all negative, yes, I would do that. I think reopening with testing is going to be the key, which is true. Absolutely correct. Um, and then the governor previously announced at the end of January that New York would allow some venues to reopen for wedding ceremonies with limited capacity beginning on March 15th. People will be able to hold a wedding if everyone attending is testing tested before the event and the organizers receive approval from their local health department beforehand. Opening sites with testing is something where New York wants to lead the way. New York's first steps to reopen its beleaguered entertainment industry will begin on February 20th with the start of a new New York pop-ups initiative. The program will, this, oh, it's going to make my blood boil just reading this. I'm going to tell you that right now. The program will organize more than 300 pop-up performances over 100 days that will be free to watch, though the locations won't be disclosed beforehand to prevent crowding. The initiative will include some big names such as, like, my heart is, like, shaking. I'm getting So it's going to be even more exclusive than theater already is. Yes. So, oh, this basically only lists the Broadway actors. There are so many others than this. The initiative will include some big names such as Hugh Jackman, Alec Baldwin, Chris Rock, Billy Porter, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patti Smith, and Mandy Patinkin, among others. The events will lead up over the summer to the 20th anniversary of the Tribeca Film Festival in June. The governor said the program will start with the spontaneous performances and hopefully migrate to the opening of some indoor entertainment venues. New York leads and we're going to lead in bringing back the arts because we're at a point in time where the future, my friends, is what we make it. And I, let me tell you why this makes my blood boil. And there's a lot of Broadway actors that I follow and a lot of theater actors that I follow that have been talking about this on their social media the last week. And I absolutely agree with every single one of them what they're saying. We are going to throw out all these people who are going to be paid to perform at this pop-up event, at these multiple pop-up events. And as of right now, no one has outright said, as far as I know, no one has outright said, everything I'm making from this gig will be going to the Actors Fund or BCFA. I haven't heard a single one of them say anything like that. And it And people me. with those names, like those names can't afford to do that. They can afford to do literally anything at this point. Instead of doing, instead of having Broadway performers and theater performers who are out of work and just filed for unemployment this past week, why are we unable to let them go to the, and do these gigs that to be paid for and be able to pay their rent and have them perform in a way that's like, when Broadway reopens, this is what you get to see. This is all the stuff that's coming back and we know that it's gonna come back because Broadway's resilient, Broadway is gonna come back. We have all this hope, we know that it's gonna happen. And instead of showing us all those people, we get all these A-listers who can afford to, buy multiple homes and <laughs> like and the only people you mentioned on that list and I'm sure there are many other people on that list that just weren't mentioned in- on the list well okay there's only I don't know if you said Matthew Broderick but you said Hugh Jackman Sarah and Sarah Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker Hugh Jackman and Sarah Jessica Parker are the only two people who have a show come in on that list that I'm aware of yep. Hugh Jackman in the music and man whenever then, that opens and, and Sarah Jessica Parker in the plaza suite yeah and even then hugh jackman's show isn't one that most people are wanting so just putting that out there as well but the thing is hugh jackman that show will bring in a shit ton of money because no, it's I hugh jackman i know that but i still hate i still hate the situation i'm gonna say that right now i don't like the music man situation that's happening it really bothers me yeah it's not great um 
it's just it's it's so talk about that it's gonna start a whole tangent that I could go on for hours because it genuinely makes me angry so I'm not gonna get into that but the whole thing with this new pop-up thing it gen it really really bothers me because Paloma Garcia Lee posted about it hers was the most notable one that I could think of she said it so well in her in her Instagram stories I don't know if she highlighted them or not but um she talked about it and she was like saying that you know, these people should be coming forward and saying everything we're making from these gigs is going to the Actors Fund, whatever. But not a single one of them has said it yet, as far as I know. I'm going to say that as far as I know at this moment in time, I haven't seen one. And it really irritates me because so many people are out of work in that industry. So many people out of work in general, but like that industry is suffering so much. First to close, last to open. Yeah, and it's and it's not even just that. It's I know of a lot of actors who all they know is theater and have tried doing other jobs to make ends meet, and they literally are being fired from them because they can't do it. They don't they don't work well in other conditions. They don't work well in other jobs, and it's stressful for them, and it's causing huge strain on their mental health, and it is so horribly detrimental to them. And I hate this situation so much. And I hate that we're just bringing in all these A-listers who have so much money and aren't doing <laughs> nearly enough with it. And it just really, really bothers me. It makes me so mad. And me as someone who doesn't make hardly anything, I'm not saying this to get a pat on back. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying me as someone who literally has no money, anytime I get money, I send $10 to the Actors Fund whenever I can because like, I'm like, I know it's not enough. I know it's like not hardly anything, but I want to do something because it bothers me so much and it makes me so sad to think about. Yeah, I and and I totally understand um, where that, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm personally trying to think of it from like a business side. Well, yes, absolutely, people should be... Well, bring this in but the problem is the people who this is trying to target to bring in you have to think of who your mass audience is the mass audience would rather see a-listers but those a-listers should like can't afford it and and it's it would be really great to see them uh donate their money right and like and thinking of it from because like my brain almost always automatically goes to like the marketing pr aspects of things I understand why they're doing the way that they're doing, but at the same time, as of right now, there is no news on bringing in other performers. And I think you can have these big A-listers and also have an ensemble of people performing with them. Like that's my other thing is like, you can have other people performing with them. When When is this supposed to start? This starts February 20th. So in? Next week. Like next week. By the time this goes up, it'll be the week of, right? Yeah, because this will come out the 15th. It'll start that Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's, I, the thing is, like, I so feel for everybody in the situation, like, because this is a situation nobody has ever been in before. And so they're, they're trying, but you have to talk with the people in the industry. You have to talk with the people who it's affecting. You can't just assume everything's going to be okay because, oh, you know, 
the public will like it and and it'll bring in money for the city but like it's think of like the people whose industry it actually is yes all of these people did get or a lot of these people did get their start in theater I don't know about all of them I know like Hugh Jackman did Sarah Jessica Parker Billy Porter um those people they all did they all got their start in theater and so they I'm sure at their heart they have a really big heart for theater and for actors and for the industry but you have those people are so far beyond known people don't think of them as theater people they i mean i think of billy like, porter maybe still i think of billy porter still because it wasn't that long ago the last time he was on broadway and the last time yeah 2016 yeah and he's uh, when he was in shuffle along with the theater industry so like i think of billy porter more than anyone else on the list but like i don't like my what bothers me is a lot of people don't understand genuinely how hard theater has been hit and so like when I don't know if we talked about this or not the Moulin Rouge article in the New York Times that came out a few weeks ago um when that came out I shared it on my Facebook page because a lot of my family members tell me that like arts aren't essential and like all that stuff and it just it really bothers me (laughs) for obvious reasons and so I posted that link and I was like if you are genuinely curious I'm sure no one's going to read this, but like, if you're genuinely curious as to why or how badly the arts were hit because of COVID, please read this because it's an industry that cannot reopen in any capacity right now. Whereas other, pretty much every other industry is figured out a way to. Yeah. Film and television have both like, those have been filming since like the summer. Right. And so I posted it and I even had, and I was so proud of my family. (laughs) I was so proud of some of my family members. They like messaged me about it and they were like, this opened my eyes to like how crazy hard this is. And I was like, because you guys are all working again and you're not thinking about the people who can't work. Yeah. Because like, like they are literally unable to go back to work. And even, even me, um, how I was affected by it. I was working, I had been working in the arts. Um, The pandemic hits, we started working at home and then the end of June hits and it's like, well, you're furloughed. And then they gave four to six months, six months came, uh, six months was up January 1st. Um, You know, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I, the day this uh, episode drops, I will be starting a new position at a new Um, organization still in development still in the arts and the fact that that was able to happen for me is mind-blowing like there are so many people who are still out of out of work and I I don't know when I'll ever like see the people I worked with again at this point and these are all people I genuinely liked. I loved working with them. And it's, again, the side of the arts and culture that you don't think of. You think of what happens inside of that building. You don't think of Everything. what happened, what is able to allow that to happen. Right. So it's, it's, it's it's such a shitty situation that I swear to God, and I don't want to sound so pessimistic about it, but I do not think theater will happen in 2021. 
I genuinely do not think it will. I would love to be proved wrong. I (laughs) I would love to be proved wrong. I think we're at a point where we can see the glow of the light at the end of the tunnel, but we cannot yet see the opening. I, um, and I mean, like, and you talking about, like, where you were furloughed and everything, I was just thinking, a year ago, like, within the last couple months, a year ago, I was on, like, LinkedIn and stuff, like, looking at jobs that, like, I could potentially have post-graduation, and now I'm, like, all those jobs aren't up anymore, all those jobs don't exist anymore, and, Cause like, I want to work like what you're doing. Like I want to do the administrative side of theater. And so, and I can't like all the jobs I've been applying for, I've just been applying for literally anything that is somewhat in my realm of what I want to do in PR, but I'm taking what I can get at this point because it's like, I don't know when I can get back into the theater and I don't know when, like and how that's, long postgraduate to be able to do it. And that's scary. Like it genuinely terrifies me. Well, and not to not to discredit that I because it's an insane situation that we're all going through right now. It took me a year postgrad to find a job. It right. took me I graduated August of 2017. I had my interview for the job that I had um August like 20th of 2018 then I started September of 2018 took me a full year full calendar year post-graduation to get a job see like my issue and like and I know that that's like I'm sure it's gonna happen to me I'm sure but my brain works in the worst ways (laughs) I'm so type a I'm so like ready to fucking go and get my life fucking started that like I need to have a job right after graduation like it's just like my brain can't comprehend not doing it and I think it also doesn't help that my sister got one three months before she graduated that was just gonna wait for her oh like my mm, I have friends who are in that same boat my friend she graduated um she graduated December 2017 she had a job January yeah like And it was like an internship that turned into a job. Right. And it's, it's it's difficult. And it's also having the issue of, I have a lot of contacts (laughs) and I have a lot of like networking I've done in the theater industry because I was like, my brain just automatically wants to network with everyone I meet and like turn stuff into opportunities for everybody. Like, I'm like, I want to be able to further all of our lives in different ways and so I just network with every single person that I ever meet and um so like I was like oh this is gonna be great because like if I'm looking for a job in theater I can just like ask anybody if they're like hiring or know of anybody hiring and be able to get an interview and like all that stuff and now it's all useless I'm not saying that I have made a lot of really good friends and a lot of like really good acquaintances through networking and everything. I'm not saying that like they're useless. <laughs> I'm just saying that like the networking that I did feels useless because I did it ultimately to end up with like a job later on. But like now I'm just like, oh, now I have all these friends. That's yeah. still, that still sounds like I'm like ungrateful for them. I'm not. I love them all. But like, it's just, it is, I don't know how to explain My brain is mush right now. I just want to cry. The, there's a, in, 
In today's Broadway briefing, it said it's probably going to be six to nine months before reopen. Nine months is November. Oh, God. I think. Yeah, nine months is November. And it's it's really shitty. And it's what has to be done, though. It's one of those things where it's like, nobody can control the situation. The only way you can control it is getting is social distancing, wearing a mask, apparently two masks now, um, and getting your vaccine when it's your turn. And I mean, who the fuck knows when it's going to be my turn? I read somewhere today that's like April should be quote unquote open season for vaccines. God willing. Can I please have my vaccine before I turn 26? Like, God, please, 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 please. I turned 22 like in a week and a half, I think. And I just, I'm like, you know what? It's not going to happen before my birthday. My roommate got both of her doses already. (laughs) I'm just over here like... I'm gonna be in the last group of human beings to get a vaccine. Yeah, most people are. I just, I just, I, it's, it's seeing how many like mass vaccination sites are being set up in California is really like hopeful for me because they turned, I don't know the name of it wherever the A's play, they turn Dodger Stadium and they turn Petco Park where the Padres play all into mass vaccination sites. Yankee Stadium is also a vaccination site for Bronx residents. Yeah, but then my college, Cal State LA, they turned that into a mass vaccination site. They turned, I think they turned turned the Fontana Speedway into a mass vaccination site. Disneyland is a fucking mass vaccination site. University of Kentucky football stadium is max vaccine all my and, all my elementary school teachers got their vaccines there and i thought that was just- <laughs> <laughs> they're they're apparently using all of the football stadiums now mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like we can see the glow at the end of the tunnel but we can't quite see the opening yeah. and i don't think we'll be able to see the opening for like two more months yeah. and it's it really really fucking sucks I cry constantly. Oh, I literally spent like this weekend just crying. I was, I was like, I, because I realized I'll have ended up with two birthdays in quarantine, two birthdays in a pandemic, all April babies. We all had two birthdays in a pandemic, some March babies, half of them. Here's the funny thing about my birthday. Um, My birthday is February 23rd. I celebrated my birthday with my family over spring break two, three days before everything shut down. Um, I was out at a bar with all of my family three days before everything shut down. And two days before everything shut down um, was my mom's birthday. We went to brunch and we did some shopping. The next day I get an email from my school saying, your spring break's been extended. So we had to go shopping again real quick before everything was going to shut down. <laughs> and then that extension lasted about a thousand more months. So I was um, way longer than I was wanting. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, this will be my first quarantine birthday. But February 23rd, which means we should be out of the shit by your golden birthday. Next so. year will be your golden birthday. What does that mean? So your golden birthday 
we'll end on this. Your golden birth, because I'm, and I'm manipulating mine. I'll explain that after. Your golden birthday is, so like you were born on the 23rd. The year you turn 23, like your 23rd year is your golden birthday. My 20, I was born on the 22nd of April. My 22nd year was shit. So what I'm doing to manipulate it is I'm making 2022 my golden year. Here's the thing, Katie, is if 2022 is your golden year and my birthday next year is my golden birthday, we'll both be living in New York together. God willing. And then you can extend yours. You can extend yours to your your 2020. When your 23 is in 2022, and then 2023 we'll just it, you can just keep it going manipulate I, yours like I did mine here's the thing about my birthday it sucks because my birthday never falls on a Friday or Saturday it's always that's impossible that is impossible it's not I'm my birthday is end of February which is the like shortest month my birthdays ended up on a Friday or Saturday, maybe twice in my life. I'm not even joking. Yeah, but never the fact the next six years, I calculated this. The next six years, it never ends up on a Friday or Saturday. Well, yeah, because that's how that's how it works. That's no, how it works. I, no, I kid you not. Your birthday I, is always on the next I mean, day, no. unless it's past, a leap year. No, and then in the past six years, never ended up on a Friday or Saturday. I will have gone 12 birthdays without being on a Friday or Saturday. I kid you not. I looked at well, this with my friend and I was so pissed. Like I was so mad because hers is like my friend that I was doing it with. Her birthday's tomorrow, February 12th. Her birthday almost always ends up on like a perfect day. <laughs> mine sucks every single year. Last year, mine was on a Sunday. So we celebrated on my sister's birthday because her birthday is February 22nd. <laughs> you're, you and your sister have birthdays that are then back to back we're a year and 12 hours apart that's insane we're almost irish twins yeah that's insane i think she resents me for it i think she hates me because of it because my mom that's... went to labor with me and at her first birthday party that's a wild yeah my cousin's birthday is the day before mine but she's much older than me mm. hmm. my family um, has a lot of february birthdays like a lot like there's at least three a week in my family that's wild (laughs) that's wild yeah like my cousins was like two or three days ago and then my aunt's is next week that's insane Mm -hmm. that's wild all right i think we're done talking about birthdays um jill where can people find us (laughs) almost 10 o'clock it's my bedtime um on social media we are at thoughts shared podcast on tiktok and instagram and i am at it's jill hayes on all social media platforms and if you want to find me hi i'm katie uh i'm on instagram at complete katie and on tiktok at katiefornia everything should be in the description of this uh uh, podcast episode could not think of the word i was gonna say video um uh which they should all all of all of those links can be found in the description of this podcast episode. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my gosh, where's where's end record?